Hi, how's it going? It's uh, going all right, I guess. All right. That's much better, Mr. <laughs> so, okay, good. It's, is it mostly work stuff that's going on for you at the moment? Um, I would say um, mostly. Um, I mean, there's also uh, sort of a relationship thing going on. Okay. Could you just give me a sort of brief family uh, history so we can put uh, all of this in context? All right. Well, um, my – oh, geez, how do I start with this? Uh, well, let's see. My, my um, parents were married for maybe – you know, eight to ten years, I can never actually remember, um, you know, because my, uh, <laughs> my, my mother sort of checked out uh, emotionally, like, from, like, around five years on, and then she couldn't handle it anymore, and my father was um, non-Christian and became a Christian, like, around, you know, maybe six or seven years in or something like that. I'm sorry, I just, I just missed something there. What was it that your mom couldn't handle? Oh, uh, she couldn't handle, um, well, she couldn't handle my father, really, because, uh, you know, my, my father's uh, sort of got an attitude, <laughs> uh, you know, my way or the highway, and um, it it's it was like, the way, the way it sort of happened was, uh, you know, she'd say, she she told me a bunch of stuff. Maybe she shouldn't have, you know. And I sort of just let it happen, I guess. She told me a bunch of stuff like years later that you know they were they tried to do vegetarianism. And my father would go and say, okay, well I don't want to be an al- you know don't want to drink alcohol anymore. So they just you know poured all the alcohol down the drain, and then they said, well I want to be a vegetarian. Maybe that'll make me happy. And then he you know found Christianity and said maybe that'll make me happy. So my father was like bouncing from thing to thing, making all these decisions, saying this is what we're doing. And my mother was like, well, trying to go along with this, they, trying to make it work. And then, um, but when he became a Christian, it became like this moral thing instead of just like this thing that they were doing, I guess. Uh, and he started saying, you know, if you can't be with me, you know, you can't, if you can't be with me on this, you can't be with me at all. Um, and, uh, you know, basically saying, you know, that everyone in her family is going to hell and her objection, you know, I think quite reasonably was, you know, you tell me all these people I love are going to go to hell because they don't say this one thing. Um, but she was, uh, she was depressed, uh, I guess, sort of like I was just like from, you know, at least from her teenage years. And she was like, always, always seems to be depressed. And like, even now today, uh, she seems to be depressed and, um, hasn't really, I, I would say it hasn't dealt with it, but, but anyway, um, my father would characterize her as, you know, sitting on the couch eating bonbons. Right. <laughs> you know, just that tone of voice was like, oh, you know, like disgust, utter disgust and contempt. Right. So sitting around um, on your fat ass doing nothing and this sort of dripping contempt kind of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that's, uh, you know, what? I, honestly, that's that's how I feel about myself a lot of the time. That you're um, like eating bonbons and so on? Oh, not so much eating bonbons, but sitting around my fat ass right, <laughs> not right. doing much right. with my life. Uh, not doing much, you know, in general, not with my life and everything else. And so um, I, I, I had this sort of like a theory that my uh, – and maybe maybe this is very true that um, when, when my mother left, that all of the vitriol that you – know, my mother was sort of shielding me and my brother and me, I think, mostly because I really haven't had a chance to talk to my brother about it. 
but she was shielding me from a lot of the crap that my father was putting out. And then when she left, I got it, you know? And, uh, I mean, it's no, it's no joke and no, no, no surprise at all that when my, basically when my mother left, I started gaining weight. Um, you started getting, getting, getting sorry, glasses. You started getting what? Gaining weight. Right. Sorry. Right. So your mother left uh, and you uh, then lived with your father? Yes. When you yes, were my mother left. Nine? Is that right? Uh, eight, nine, ten, something around that time. Now it's. Uh, oh, and she. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say she lived a mile away and I never saw her like three or four times a year. I remember we talked about this before. Right, right. <laughs> I mentioned it before. Right. Um, did, <clears throat> sorry, did we talk? We talked about this. Was it in a call in show, a private chat, or on the board, or just, just to remind me? Oh, no, this was, this was on the board. Okay. So it was a while ago. So I, I don't. I don't you know, it, I mean, it's the stuff that I live with, and uh, you just swore, maybe read it once, so right, no right. problem there. And um, <clears throat> what do you think was the story behind uh, your mother not seeing you? Because that's rather remarkable. I mean, I didn't see my father very much, but he lived in Africa, and I lived in, in England. So there was a bit of a, you know, a world between us, or half a world. Um, yeah, you had sort of, sort of a lot of land and desert notion there. Right. So um, what, uh, what was the story with your mom not seeing you because I'm trying to reconcile a couple of things that you're saying here and uh, you know, uh-huh. I really do appreciate this honesty and I know that you're telling me everything that uh, is relevant as you see it but just looking sure. in from the outside there is a um, a bit of an inconsistency insofar as you say that your your mother was interested in shielding you from the, your father's ill temper but then when oh, she moved oh. out you didn't see her anymore and those two like if you were in, if your mom was interested then shouldn't she have gone for sole custody or at least gone for primary custody and if she couldn't get that for whatever reason shouldn't she then come by to try and do what she could or at least take you half the time or at least on weekends or something so you'd have some respite right well let let me clarify that a bit i don't i'm not saying that she was necessarily interested but i think that her presence acted as a shield so like she sort of was there, sort of absorbed it, if if that makes any, if that makes a little more sense. She, it's not that she was like actively protecting me, I would say, but more that because she was there, you know, she was much more immediate to my father's sort of ill temper, and uh, she, so she just sort of like acted as something to absorb it, so I didn't get as much of it, if that makes any sense. It does in a way, but let me just sort of go one step further back. Uh, if I uh-huh. if I get you thrown in prison. Sure. Right, and then oh, and then wow. I I, uh, I I hire you someone who protects you occasionally. Yeah. Would you say that I'm doing a good turn in terms of protecting you? Oh no, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm I'm not trying to make it like. Mm, well, let's try to let's try to go on the other side of things with my mother uh, being not seeing me, um, and see if I can sort of approach it from that end. Sure. Uh, my mother. I mean, this this is what she said years later, um, was that her explanation was she was not able to call. Like, she was, like, paralyzed. Uh, she didn't want to face my father at all. Uh, that's what she says. Um, and maybe maybe that is very true. Maybe she's being, she was being honest in that moment. But... Um, you know, uh, it's it's kind of like, yeah, but I, I was a kid, you know, um, and I mean, I guess I guess my theory is trying to, I don't know if, if theory was trying to excuse my my mother from anything or or what. I mean, it's kind of like, 
I know it's, it's it's very difficult for me to think about this. Uh, no, I understand. The reason that I I'm sort of <laughs> being annoying and picking at this stuff <laughs> is because the first things that someone tells me about their parents usually yeah. what they really really believe, right? And uh, my concern is that you have uh, I don't know where where are you at in the podcast series just so I can. Uh, <laughs> I just made it up past 550. Oh, okay. Okay, well, listen listen to some of the more recent ones. Uh, th- this may help um, some of the listener conversations yep. up in the 840s. Mm-hmm. The challenge is, uh, look, uh, I'm happy to use your first name if you want, or we can skip it if, if you like. Uh, James. Okay, fine. okay. So, James, Hello, the challenge is, right, you have, uh, uh, I guess you haven't come to the mythology podcast. Okay, so we'll just say this very briefly. Mm-hmm. There's what happens... And then there's the story that people make up about what happens, which almost always is self-justifying or self-flagellating, right? So, so there's, there's what I've happens. Seen, I've seen that reference before. Yeah, right, okay. okay. So my concern is you have an experience of your family. And mm-hmm. frankly, it sucks, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. to use a technical term, right? I mean, sucks like a big, right. wet, foddy vacuum. I mean, it's just... <laughs> bad just just from what you're telling me right you've got a random mystic bullying dad you've got a mom who abandoned you and lived within a mile i mean this is horrendous behavior on the part of your parents horrendous yeah revolting behavior on the part of your parents right Mm -hmm. and so you have your experience of that bullying and abandoning and, and so on right that's your direct personal experience right and then what you have is you have this constellation of self-justifications, and we're just talking about your mom's one for the moment, right? Right. Uh, hold on just a second. Is that your mom? Does she, does she know we're talking about uh, No, no, no. This is my girlfriend. Hold on a second. Uh, okay. That was my girlfriend. She finished work, and she's about ready to uh, pick up, you know, have me pick her up. So I said, you know, think of something for dinner and do some shopping, and I guess we'll have to continue this later, though. Uh, so you and I should continue this later? Yeah. Um, I, I kind of got knocked off track, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> and I got I got to go pick her. Well, God, I mean, if I don't go pick her up, she'll get pretty pissed. So. <laughs> well, um, is there a chance? The reason that I'm saying is that this is probably a pretty important conversation. So uh, this yeah. uh, this would be something where I'd suggest you could take a cab or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, it's up to you, of course, and I don't I mean if it's 500 bucks to take a cab or something, then that's not... I don't, uh, even, know if, I don't even know if there are cabs up here. Um, it's up to you. We can, cert- we can certainly reschedule, um, but it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's always tricky with everyone's schedules, and you know, we've already done sort of 10 or 15 minutes of the conversation. It's up to you, of yeah. course, but this is probably a useful thing to continue. Um, all right. Uh Take a few minutes, call her, see if you can work something out, and then just give me a shout back. Yeah, all right. Um, all right? I'll, okay, all right. Okay, I'll thanks. Bye. Steph Ann Molyneux. Hi, uh, this is James again. Hey, how's it going? So, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if this thing is going to work out with the gr- the girlfriend or not. She's kind of like, uh-huh, you know, so, ish. ay ay ay. Oh, so she, but is she going to uh, make her own way, or? Um, I, I I gave her a couple of numbers for the cabs to call, and I said, you know, just you know, see if you can find someone else in the 
it's like I'm telling her what to do, and this is something else, and something else entirely, but... Um, well, I but don't she know didn't I... know that you were going to be on this call, right? No, no, this is sort of a surprise. Right, right, okay. So it's, I, 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 I was trying to, like, to say, you know, like, this is, you know, this is really important. Okay, okay, well, let's, uh, let's plug on and see, uh, see how far we can get. So, no, yeah, I was no. just saying that uh, you have your experience with your family, and yeah. your parents have their justifications. Uh, I don't know. Have you read? Uh, have you read on truth by chance? I haven't received it yet. I haven't oh, checked okay. the mail today. Well, th- we'll just touch on this very briefly then, but let's go into this more sure. in detail in the book. So my concern is that your mother has, and we'll just talk about your mom for a sec, because it sounds like your dad has gone off planet for his justifications, right? Like out of reality to to religion. So with Who your knows mom, what they are. I'm sorry. I said, who knows what they are? Right, but, uh, well, he's gone to God, right? And the, your dad and my dad yeah. share the common, right? They do bad things, and nobody wants to spend any time with them, so they fall into the horrible corpse-like embrace of imaginary sky friends, and, you know, they get their justification <laughs> that way. But Yeah, he's, he's, he's got his old martyr thing going on. Oh, sure, yeah. So your mom has a story mm-hmm. around your family and her choices within it, and it sounds like her choices mm. uh, sort of justify her actions, right? So, mm-hmm. so she says, well, I tried to sh- – there, there's something that you got the impression that she tried to shield you from your dad. And then yeah. she found she couldn't handle your dad. And then she mm. left. And then she f- said, well, I couldn't have anything to do with your dad. And that's why I couldn't see you very much and so on. My concern is that it's your mom's story, her self-justifying mythology about the family and her choices within it that you're processing erroneously, right? Mm. It's very interesting. Because, I mean, it doesn't seem to me that when you say to me, well, my mom shielded me uh, and then couldn't handle my dad and so on, that doesn't seem to me, I mean, that seems like something that would justify your mom, but it doesn't seem like something that would be your experience. Uh Uh-huh. Huh. Okay, well, are you, are you still have me here? Yep. Okay. Um, okay, let me, let me think about that for a minute. So, um, well, hmm. See, no, listen, I mean, this is just my interpretation. I mean, feel free to yeah, kick it. Yeah, I understand. Now, I'm, I'm, try, I'm, trying, I'm trying to kick it around a bit. Now, yep. what I'm thinking is, I'm trying to think of when I came up with this, with that little theory. Because mm-hmm. um, that would also be very important. Because if I came up with that when I was like 12, I hadn't had the conversation with my mother. That would be a little bit different than if I came up with it when I was, say, 24 and I already had these conversations with my mother, I think. Well, it could be. Um, it could be, uh, could certainly. Be. could be. Um, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not for sure, but I think that I did come up with it later. Because, um, I mean, I, I, guess, I guess it's a I, th- I think that I think you're on to something. Um, yeah, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Just sure. so, so I mean, because I know that. Look, I know you're an absolutely brilliant fellow, and <laughs> the only reason why you feel kind of retarded at the moment is because you're trained to not know this stuff. Okay. Right. So I know that you feel like, where's my brain? <laughs> you know, I can't seem to. Right. But you're trained in your family. In families, we're trained. If we have exploitive parents, then 
Um, mm-hmm. We're trained to submit to that exploitation, but not see it as exploitation, but as morally justified behavior, right? Or, or as the only right. possible course of action. So I know that when I have these conversations with people, I get a fair amount of complaints that, you know, normally I'm more <laughs> intelligent and articulate. And absolutely, I have no doubt you are. You're just mm-hmm. not allowed to think this way, right? So you, you've got mm-hmm. these resistances. But the way that we can figure out whether or not uh, this is the case is um, if we achieve some sort of understanding of our parents and some sort of, uh, I mean, it's hard to talk about, but some sort of forgiveness slash empathy for our parents. Mm. We only achieve that after processing our own experiences, right? So, uh, you know, my mom was a total witch and so was Mm. my dad and so was my brother. Now, I don't sort of wake up every morning (laughs) fist clenched with rage, you know, like I've got to get these people, right? But it would be exhausting, and of course, it would just mean that I would never be free of it, right? But the way that you free yourself of it is you experience your own hostility and anger towards your parents. You accept Mm -hmm. that. You work through it. You get closure with it. And then you can think about your parents, you know, with some slight degree of sympathy or whatever, whatever, right? You can see, well, you know, they they had their own histories and this and that. But that that comes really far down the road. But my concern is that I don't know that you – you didn't start off by saying, you know, my mother did these terrible things to me and here's what uh, I did with it and I went to therapy and I wrote this journal and I, I figured it all out and here are the books that I've read and I've talked about it with my girlfriend and, you know, my friends have been very supportive through this process. And now I've gotten to this place where I can sort of see some of the reasoning behind her decisions and so on. We have to re, re-go through that stuff because when we are a kid – yeah. We, we we can't think, well, my mother had her own mother and, you know, like we can't think of all those things. We just have a direct experience. So what you – my concern is that you kind of skipped over – and everybody wants to do this, right? They want to yep. skip over the anger and get to the forgiveness, hmm. right? And so my concern is that – and the reason that we know that you've skipped over a phase and you're processing what is beneficial to your mom and to your dad but particular to your, to your mom is that you're mm-hmm. depressed, yeah, right. Right. So if, right. We, if we simply exist to serve the illusory, self-justifying fantasies of other people, of course we're going to be depressed. Mm-hmm. Because we don't exist in a way. We exist to support the fantasies of other people. Hmm. Right. So the story that you have about your childhood, you're just repeating what your mom tells herself and tells other people. And she never has... She has never had to tell you this explicitly, and she may never have told you this explicitly, but we pick up on everything when we're kids. And when we're kids, the family is the universe, right? That's all we think about. It's all we process. And kids are incredibly sensitive to the unspoken needs of the parents, particularly. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So something I've I've been reading, and I guess uh, I've just only sort of been processing a little bit, but not really, like, getting it in a fundamental way, I guess, like, put it that way? Sure, yeah, no, of course, of course, of course. Well, I mean, I, I understand that now. It's it's, it's like, the, the the problem I'm facing is, it, it's, it's like, you know, which, which one's the cart and which one's the horse? I mean, I know that I need to go, Go into go to therapy. I need I need to be able to talk about these things with you know someone. I mean, you you you. I'm not paying you to be my therapist, so I can't really expect that out of you. Uh, and uh, even though I guess I have been sort of trying to do that through the boards, but it's it's it's, it's just not fair to you. I understand. 
Um, well, first of all, don't worry about what's fair for me. That's my decision to make, right? Oh, See, this sure, is, okay. This is, but this is a habit, and I don't, I'm not trying to pick on you for these statements, but it's just important yeah. to understand, right? If you have a desire, right, uh -huh. and you say, gee, I'm, Steph, I want you to be my therapist, whatever it is, right? Then right. You, you just express that desire, right? And it's uh -huh. not up to you to manage what's fair for me. It's up for me to do that, right? But, but you're used to managing other people's feelings. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, gee. Okay. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think I kind of see that a little bit, just a bit. Well, now. look what just happened with your girlfriend, right? Yeah, no kidding. Right. She 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 experiences some anxiety about a change in plans, yep. right? And you have to manage that for her. Oh God. Well, the whole thing—I don't want to go into a lot of details, but the whole thing with her recently getting sick—I mean, that was me managing all over. Yeah. And, and, and I, I was—I I was the one who got upset and everything, and I was. Oh. Yeah, this was with the diabetes and all, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Look, and, and this is entirely natural. It's mm -hmm. horrible, but it's entirely huh. natural because you have been raised to be there to manage other people's feelings, right? So if your mother is feeling guilty, you're the one who has to say in one way or another, whether explicitly or implicitly, oh, Mom, it's okay. You know, I understand. I mean, Dad is difficult, and, and you've had a tough uh, Am I right or am I right? You're reciting what I've said to her. Of course you are. I've got, sorry, of course I am. And, and that's entirely inevitable, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, so anytime somebody feels negatively around you, you, boing, you leap into action, right? You are a soothing man with a big cape and a pacifier, right? And you leap into action to manage their feelings, to try and make them feel better, to, to pull them out of their funk, to, to race around trying to fix everything, right? And all the time, you know, I'm, I'm trying to ignore the fact that I am sinking into a funk of my own. Sure. And, uh... Now, I'm what basically it, essentially destroying myself for, 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 for the perceived needs of these other people. Well, I don't think – I mean they're real needs. I mean I, you're not making this stuff okay, up. Okay, right, right. Okay. But, but you say – I mean it, it, it's the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Jumping in to fix the problems of other people and to manage their emotions for them is the same thing as depression. Mm. Right? You say, well, I'm trying to do all these people, help all these people and be there for them and, and manage their feelings, while at the same time I'm slipping into a funk. Well, it's the same thing. Yeah. Huh. Right? Because to, to, to be there, to just you know, endlessly bind the self-inflicted wounds of other people is kind of depressing. Mm-hmm. You try to ignore your own stuff. It well, you have work. to ignore your own stuff, right? And the problem is that there's a kind of, and I, I use this term very loosely and with all due sympathy, there's a kind of hypocrisy in it, right? Because what you're doing, I mean, you saying, well, I want to manage other people's anxiety. I mean, that's what's sort of happening at some level. But yeah. uh, whose anxiety are you really managing? Hmm. Right. Uh, well, easy answer, easy answer would be my own. Well, sure. So what happens when your mom gets depressed? How does that make you feel? I don't want her to be depressed. I get anxious well, about how, it. How does it make yeah. you feel when she, is, she calls you up and, oh, James, I just feel so down. and I just don't know if life is worth living. And oh, I just it's, feel it's, like it's I've wasted like... my life and I just feel like this. I don't even want to get out of bed and I don't know. I just feel like I've wasted my life. Like when, when this occurs, right, what, how do you feel? I don't want to be on the phone with her, for sure. Well, sure, but you don't hang up, right? No, no, I don't, no. Of course not, right? Because you would get screamed and yelled at or hit or whatever if you did that when you were a kid, right? So, so yeah, how do you feel? Um, oh, man. Do you want me to recreate your mom again? <laughs> <Will that help? laughs> 
Well, actually, uh, actually, uh, you you really do well with this. A lot of other people. No, oh, my, my mom's like, no, no, it's no, no, like actually. This- Huge fat ass of the elephant of futility is just sitting on my chest, and I can't seem to draw a breath. And oh god, it's so terrible. No, with my mother, it's more like um, uh, it's 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 like she's angry too. You know, right? So it's like right. depressed and angry. You know, and right. You know, um, there's just no it, point to any of it. I can't see what the whole point of it is at all. That's 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 closer. You're doing a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, oh. so she's got a lot of resentment, right? Because yeah. because she feels that somehow she should not be depressed, and if she is depressed, it's someone else's goddamn fault, and they should they should damn well change what they're doing to make her feel better. Yeah, right. Oh, oh yeah, that that's that's much closer. Oh yeah, right. Um, and uh, the way that oh, uh, the, the way that makes me feel, I guess, it's like you know. Sheesh, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't put it into words. It's kind of like, oh, my girlfriend's calling me again. That's good. We're getting some real live evidence of all of this. You can, uh, you can uh, put me on pause if you like, of course. I, I, I just, I just uh, put the ignore for now. Um, all right. Okay. Yeah. Listen, this she's is going really to be upset, but yeah, she's <laughs> going to be upset, but I can deal with that later. Yeah. This is um, this is uh, really important. I would say stick with this for sure. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I was like, I, was, I said to her, "Is there no one else in the whole place that's going home at 12? <laughs> you know, right. I mean, there's absolutely no way you can get a ride home. Please. Um, so anyway, uh, so hey, uh, going back so to we're talking about your feelings when your mom is sort of calling up and is angry slash depressed slash resentful slash demanding. Um, yeah. what, what are your feelings? I just, I just. I just want to run away. I want to crawl into a hole, and I, 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 I don't want to come out. And um, and so the the feeling of wanting to crawl into a hole and not come out. What is what is the emotion that's there? I don't know. I don't know what the word is. It's kind of like um. <laughs> I guess this. I guess this would have to cut back. So many years because the only thing I can come up with is scared. Okay, that's great. That's great. Now, where does the where does the emotion sit in your body, right? Because usually it's localized to some particular area of your body. Um, like is it belly or chest or it, it's where like does it? Shoulders. Shoulders. Okay, so there's a kind of tension, and there's almost like sh- shoulder tension is usually indicative of a fear of some kind of blow, and I don't necessarily mean physical, but it's like yeah. it's like somebody's raining blows down upon you, and you tense your shoulders to try and sort of ward them off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and did you experience any physical violence from your parents when you were growing up? Uh yeah. So that's sort of the part I missed with the whole family history thing, right? Uh, for sure. Uh, very early on, certainly, and right. um. You know, uh, when, I don't know about when my parents divorced and they left, but, you know, my, not only was it the hand, the, the bare hand, I mean, usually, I don't remember, like, punching, except for when I was a teenager, my father punched me. Right. Like, uh, for, for God's sakes, an idiot. Um, but uh, it was the hand, the belt, uh, wooden spoon, you know, I mean, and, and uh, I don't remember my mother spanking me so much, I know she did. You know, so I remember my father much more clearly. The rage, 
in his eyes, you know, just, you know, don't you cover up, don't you cover yourself up, that sort of thing, you know. Take it like a man. Uh, something, I don't know. You know, it, it, it certainly throw back to his own father, I'm sure. You know. Did you ever see the movie Goodwill Hunting? Mm, no. Yeah, rent it, rent it. Hmm. Rent it. They talk about physical abuse, and look, I'm really, really sorry. This is an absolutely terrifying, horrible, hmm. evil situation that you went through for many, many years. And yeah. uh, it's not accidental that you didn't mention this. Right. Because this is not something that your parents want to dwell on. So you're not allowed to talk about it, right? You have to talk about, you know, she couldn't handle and, you know, the, I, you know, my dad wanted to be a vegetarian, which is much less important in terms of your childhood experience than the fact that you got beaten with belts and so on, right? Yeah. Can I tell you a funny little, uh, it's not funny, like, haha, it's just funny, like, sad or, oh my God, right? Um, when I was in the fourth or fifth grade, fifth grade, I was seeing a school counselor because I wasn't getting along with the other kids. Big surprise, right? Right. Um, and she asked me the question, you know, did your father ever beat you or hit you or something? He, she, she said, hit you. And I said, yes, because he had, right? Yeah. Um, and so New Jersey, Dyfus came to the door. This guy came up and he's listening to, before he opens up the door and there's piano I'm sorry, playing. Did you and say the word Dyfus? Uh, uh, Department of Youth and Family Services. It's called, okay. Dyf- you know, Got it. Colloquial, di- colloquially Dyfus. Right. Um, and so this guy comes to the door, and he says, you know, I listen outside. And it wasn't, like, screaming or yelling or anything, so it's, like, not, like, a clear and present danger at that moment, right? Um, so my father got pissed off at me because I had said something, because I, quote, brought the state into it. Yeah. And guess what happened the next year? The next Changed year? The, 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 next, the next school year. Yeah. I was transferred to a Christian school from yeah. a public school. And we and like maybe a two years after that we moved from Totowa to Hawthorne. I right. mean it's just so, it's so clear now, but it's yeah. kind of like back then I just didn't know you know it's like okay whatever. No, that's exactly why my brother and I were moved to Canada, right? Because they yeah. they yeah. know that if we continue uh, as an adult to have a contact with relatives and you know school friends and teachers on a consistent basis, that we're going to tell. Right, so this yeah. is why you hide. Right, this is why you soundproof the basement when you lock in someone in, and this is how you know that they're morally guilty. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, uh-huh. Rent, Goodwill Hunting. I won't tell you anything about it, but Rent is okay. a really powerful uh, film with regards to this kind of stuff, and uh, the acting is fantastic. Um. Okay, so uh, so this is, of course is starting to become uh, a, a lot more clear. So. When your mother was, uh, at what age do you remember her having these conversations, these sort of angry slash depressed conversations with you? Oh, I would say, I mean, I don't know about before she left, but certainly, you know, because it was so infrequent, I can remember after she left, even then, there would be, you know, these, these angry, you know, resentful depressed sort of you know things she would say you know if it wasn't things she said it was in the tone you know or what right. have you so i mean it, it was pretty pretty soon after and i can't imagine that it just sort of came out of the blue i mean it had to have been so sorry know. did i did i hear you rightly that it was also before you left that this was occurring before she left sorry before she left yes uh um no well i i, I don't have any specific memories i'm just saying that i can't imagine that after she left all of a sudden it came up you know, right. I just don't have any specific memories before that time, you know, maybe because it was part of the environment and then, 
you know, when it was like outside of that, that environment, you know, and I went to it, I would remember it as part of seeing my mother, you know, right. this whole thing, you know, cause now, be- I, I know the answer to this, but it's important that you know the answer to this as well. Uh-huh. Has your mother, James, ever asked you what your experience of your childhood was like? <laughs> you think that if, um, if, if, uh, she had, asked me I would necessarily be where I am I I really don't think so no she has not absolutely not she she uh she she went over her experience and her justifications and everything else um but not a word about what happened with me you know how did I feel and right you know and everything else you know absolutely not now when you feel the urge to manage somebody else's feelings in this way, right? So they're feeling anxiety, which yeah. provokes anxiety within you, which mm-hmm. is entirely rational, because if you didn't manage people's emotions when you were a kid, you would get screamed at or beaten or rejected or people would be cold or hostile or or whatever, right? So you yeah. are absolutely trained, like a dog is trained to drool if you ring the bell and feed it every time. You are uh, absolutely yes. trained to leap into action, to, uh, to manage other people's feelings. Now, when you do this as an adult, let's say, do you do it because you think it's the right thing to do? Like a good person helps others? Is it a moral standard for you or is it just a practical standard? Like, like if I don't do it, I'm going to get yelled at or whatever. I don't even know if it, that, if it real, ri- rises to that level of consciousness. It's like an automatic thing. Um, it is an automatic thing, but let's uh, let's just look at the layers a little bit here, right? So yeah, okay. you, you have a car, right? You speed from time to time, I'm sure, right? Uh, 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 is the law listening? <laughs> I right. mean, yes, of course. You know, of course. I mean, look, when, when, we, when we speed, we don't sit there and say, I am now evil, <laughs> right? What we no. do is say, I hope I don't get caught. Right. Right? Yeah, I, I so put myself in that five over limit so that, you know, it's technically they yeah, yeah. can't pull you over, but... They, they, right. they, they, can, they can play off for anything anyway. So It's pretty dangerous to just do the speed limit when everyone else is speeding, right? But uh, yes, So yes. What, I, what I want to know is when, you're, when your girlfriend calls you up, right, and says, I, I don't know how to get home or, you know, I, I, I'm having these health issues and I don't whatever, right? Mm-hmm. When you leap into action, right, to do the infinite band-aid of the universe act, <laughs> do you do it because you're afraid of not doing it or do you tell yourself this is what a good boyfriend does? I, I want to be supportive. I want to be helpful. I, I want to be there for her. I think no, I think it's because I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of um, what will happen if I don't. Okay. And so what will happen if you don't? What is the fear? Um, well, in, in the, you know, I mean, the, the most clearest example for me was when, when uh, my girlfriend got sick. and Well, I wouldn't say got sick, but, you know, that, that's not the right way. It's still, like, very euphemistic there. When Let she was hospitalized. get sick. Yeah. What's that? Let Let yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. When Major. she was hospitalized, yeah. um, you know, the the things that fly in my mind was, you know, this can't happen. You know, we can't afford this. Uh, and and uh, oh no, I'm I'm getting off track here. Um, let's let's. I don't want to. I mean, the 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 problem with this. I'm sorry because I asked about your girlfriend, but let's back off from that for a sec because okay. your girlfriend is like the symptom. Right, your girlfriend yeah. is the cause. Right, she's a symptom of what happened. What would yeah. happen with your mom if you didn't soothe her or tell her everything was okay or just sit there and listen while thinking of other things? Like, what would happen if you if you were to say, uh, "Mom, this is an adult issue. I am a child. 
-hmm. right? You need to find an adult, and I would imagine probably a professional, to help you with this. I cannot help you. I am your child. Mm -hmm. And it is entirely inappropriate, if not exploitive, for you to sit here and chew my ear off about adult problems that I cannot understand and have no wish to hear. I would only have to think that if I had ever said anything like that, um, I, I can only imagine she would have just gotten angry with me. But and I, what would have I, happened then? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on the age. Because if I was, if if I if I had not participated as a young kid, I mean, I guess if she got angry, she just would have you know wailed at me, you know, hit me. And when I was older, it was sort of this more passive aggressive. Um, sighing and 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 uh, just sort of silent treatment type thing, and um, just sort of this, you know, killing you with uh, nothing. <laughs> right, right. Just piling the soft rocks on your chest until you can't breathe. Right. Yeah. Now you, I don't think you'd mentioned, and I'm sorry if you had. I don't think you'd mentioned that your mother had been physically violent. Uh, I know she has. She definitely had been when when oh, I was with young. You. Right. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. So you really were in, in a prison. I mean, and, and it was worse than a prison because at least with a prison you can write a letter to the governor and you can call the police or you can call the media or whatever, right? So you were really in a kind of gulag, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that's a mischaracterization. I mean, you were in a situation where uh, anyone could do anything they wanted to you, to you, that you were completely helpless, that there was no virtue that I can sense in your parents that you could appeal to. Right, right. I wouldn't say so. <sighs> okay, okay. So this is this is uh, abominable, uh, wretched, uh, unbelievable, uh, horrifying, monstrously evil. Uh, the situation that that you went through, right? Mm. Certainly, yeah. Okay. So uh, now um, the question is: What happens if the next time uh, somebody asks you about your family, you say? Well, they're a bunch of evil bastards uh, who enjoy bullying and beating on kids. And uh, that was my experience. I was raised in a kind of uh, gulag or a concentration camp. <laughs> who's asking me? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anybody who's right, asking right, me. Right, right, right. Okay, right. <sighs> oh, man. Uh, unless it's someone who's sort of in on the conversation, where, you know, you're, you're having. Uh, uh, aghast, you know, how can you say such a thing? Oh my God, this is that's a horrible thing to say. You know, that's that's like if if not actually said, that would be the reaction. You know, in summation, right, you know, right. So then you could, I think, say. reasonably say, uh, sorry to interrupt. I think you could then oh, reasonably sure. say to such a person. So I got beaten with a belt, uh, screamed at, hit. My mother abandoned me, lived down the street, but never talked to me. Uh, and my dad is like a really crazy, screwed-up religious guy, and there was physical and emotional abuse all throughout my childhood. And you think that the problem is that I'm telling the truth about it, not that it happened. Your horror is at me for saying it happened rather than the fact that it happened. That, that, was, that was the problem in my family as well, you know, exactly that. When I tried to talk about it, when I tried to, you know, when even as a teenager, you know, I tried to say, look, this is, you know, even, even not really getting to the core, just saying what's going on right now. You know, right. forget about even the history, but what's going on right now? It was like, you don't talk about it. Nothing. It was, you don't talk about it. Right, because it doesn't serve your parents' needs to have it brought up. Of course not, right. Right, and they are completely narcissistic. Right. Okay, so help me understand why you're still in touch with these assholes. 
Right. If well, you if you get uh, out of you if you get out of prison, you don't have to spend the rest of your life going over for Sunday dinners with your prison guard. Uh Steph, it's it's because um there is no good answer to that, uh except for prior to now it's not that I didn't know, but it's like almost like I didn't know I had the option. Sure. Which I don't well, I don't want to say that's because sorry? your parents didn't want you to know that you had the option, right? Exactly, right. Right. That's that's what I want to say about it. Right, because if you if you leave your family, mm. then what happens is your parents experience anxiety and, yes, and self-loathing, right. which they do experience anyway. But they're using you to cover the wound up, right? Mm. Right. It, it's never us who doesn't want to defoo. It's our parents that don't want us to defoo because they want to do evil, but then have us pretend that it's good. Uh, yeah, that's actually been my experience. <laughs> right. I haven't I haven't wanted to have these conversations. I you know, I, I I haven't had I haven't wanted to talk about this with my mother, you know, much less my father. But why do you have to? No, right. You're right. You're right. Um I mean, you can you can just say, I mean, just from a mere practical standpoint, I generally say, you know, talk about things with your parents and so on. But this is a totally clear-cut case, right? This is you don't have a lot of ambiguity about are they really nice people or not or can I have a great relationship with the people who beat me when I was helpless? No, of course not, right? Mm, no. But you right. can say yeah. I need to take a little bit of time off from the family. I'm going to go and see a therapist. I just need to get my head screwed on tight and get my thoughts in order and so on, right? And just just fade out, right? Right. Uh, I sent a girlfriend a note to let her know I'll be along when I can. Um, you know, so. Okay, well, we'll finish up in a few minutes. I don't want you yep. know to, to to dump all the troubles of the world on you at the same time. <laughs> now, do you, no. do you want me to be frank about your existing relationship, or do you want to talk about that another time? <sighs> I have a pretty good feeling. Um, what's coming down the line um and right now uh you may as well just say it because you know i mean you know put it put it out on the record <laughs> well i don't think i'll need to i mean what do you what do you say um i say this is uh you know direct reflection of you know what's what what, what happened with my parents and um I I have a hard time seeing how this can be fixed in any real way. So uh, when you say you have a hard time, does that mean that you have a plan but you're not sure it's going to work, or what does it oh, mean? Oh, uh, I have a hard time even visualizing something close to a plan. I mean, the only thing I can think of is if, like, you know, we both went to therapy, and because I mean, my girlfriend has her has her stuff that's going on too, you know. Of course. Then she, she stuff that she's, you know, and uh, I've tried to talk to her about some of this stuff, and you know, I'm I'm just sort of trying to blindly grope my way because I, I'm not in the. I haven't done the other things that you mentioned earlier. You know, went to therapy and everything else. Um, and that's okay, right? You, you, the reason that 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 the board is here and the podcast are here as well is so that, uh, first of all, you don't. It would be great if you could, but if for whatever reason you can't, there's still a lot of stuff that you can do that sure, you know yeah. 
Now, and the other thing, too, of course, is that listening to this show and being involved in these conversations, I guarantee will certainly short, shorten therapy by a factor of 50%, thus saving you thousands and thousands of dollars, right? So I'm sure, yeah. Uh, so there's lots of stuff that you can do. You can read the Alice Miller books. You can read Nathaniel Brandon's uh, The Psychology of Self-Esteem and so on, right? So there's stuff that you can start keeping a journal and you can keep in conversation on the boards and so on. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a situation with your girlfriend, and how long have you been going out? Uh, well, start off long distance. You know, it's always a good sign, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, that started around June of, I guess, I guess if we first visited each other. I flew out there June of 04. Yeah, June of 04. And um, visited a couple of times. So, I mean, we've sort of been the boyfriend-girlfriend thing for almost three years now. But we've been living together. Right. Uh, uh, since January. Is it January? Yeah, January of last year. Okay, I'll just ask you two more tough questions and then I'll, I'll let you go to mull it over. My stomach's already churning. <laughs> I know, I know. I appreciate you staying in the conversation. I know it's hell on wheels. Um, yeah. Do you think, do you, do you believe that your girlfriend has gotten better or worse in the time that you've been seeing her? She's not gotten better. Has she gotten any worse? She was hospitalized because she wasn't taking care of her diabetes. Which was just recently, right? Yeah, and I would say that that's, if, if that's not getting worse, I don't know what is. Well, it is getting worse, right? I mean, it's clear to, it's clear to me, at least, that she's getting worse. I was just wondering what your perception of it was. It's, no, it's, it's, def- it's, it's definitely not been improving. and I, It's the sort of thing where I don't, relationships generally don't remain stagnant. You know? And so if they're not getting better... They're getting you know, worse. Yeah, no, they are true. getting worse. So I mean, it's, it's right. not necessarily hard and fast rule, but I, it's, it's the exception, I would think. So here is the, the, tough, the toughest thing that I have to say, and it's not to do with breaking up with your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. The toughest thing that I have to say, James, is that you are harming her by staying with her. Right. Because in the same way that other people used you to manage their own emotions, okay. you are using her to continue this pattern of propping up underfunctioning people. You are weakening her. Every time you prop her up, you make her weaker. You are contributing to her spiral, which is why you're feeling more depressed. Right? You, you can't legitimately and justly and fairly and morally use people to manage your own anxieties. Right? So if you're justifying your parents' behavior and treatment of you, you're normalizing it, which means that it's somehow good or right or that's all you're good for or you, know, you should be there to prop up other people and so on. And so you find some woman who's underfunctioning, and you prop her up. Every time she has any anxiety, you rush in to fix it, which makes her weaker. Right. Right. So yeah. you're sapping the life out of her by doing what you're doing. Wow. And I'm putting it very strongly, and I'm sure there's great things in your relationship, and I'm not saying you're a bad guy. I'm just saying that the natural reality, it's like, it's like she's really weak. Right, mm-hmm. And then every time she says, oh, I really want to go to the gym, but I don't want to, you say, don't worry, I'll go to the gym for you. You just sit on the couch. Well, what does that make her, stronger or weaker? I can't inject her insulin for her. I can't, you know, I, I can't. Yes, uh... you can take ownership for her problems. Yes, right, right. No, I understand. And every time you take ownership for her problems, you're recreating what was done to you as a kid. 
which is that you're using somebody else to manage your own anxiety. Fundamentally, right. your anxiety about your parents. Yes, right. right. So, so if you care about the woman, and I know that you do, <laughs> you have to stop propping her up because you're killing her. I mean, to put it in an exaggerated kind of way, but it's you know, really, really bad for her. You know, it's funny, and I'm just going to admit this, and you, you this is like, this is like, I don't know if it's like textbook or something, but you can just, you can, you can stand back in the moral horror of it if you like. I was having just conversations with her when we were in the ER, and I told her that by not taking care of herself, she was committing a slow form of suicide. I sure. put it all on her and ignored, really, my part in it. Of course. The only, the only, only sort of... That, you did that because you care about her, and I understand that. I'm, you, I'm, I'm, your motives are good, right? I mean, you're a good guy. You want to do the right thing. But because there's this unconscious horror that you're trying to avoid with regards to your own family, you're recreating this behavior. Right. And, and with the best intentions. It's like the welfare state, right? With the best intentions, you're creating oh, right. the best results. Right. Well, um, I'm feeling my, my – it's like my skin is on fire right now. I know. I know. And this is because this truth is sitting 1.01 millimeters below your skin surface, right? It's just that we're right. trained to avoid it at all times, right? right? So I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm no, just, right. you know, just doing one little pinprick and out comes the gusher of truth, right? Uh-huh. I've been wanting to have a Skype conversation with you for a while and I just didn't really know – uh, what it was I wanted to talk about, but it's like I knew that it had to be something like this. It's just... Well, it's about freedom, right? And and if we're there, yeah. if we're there as a slave to manage the needs of others, and we use other people to manage our own needs, that's not freedom. No, of course not. Right. I I see that now. Um, can we talk like for a few minutes about where we go from here? Because absolutely, I I mean I really do care about this person. I don't want to be doing this to her anymore. And, I mean, I, I don't want to be doing it to myself, and I don't want to be doing it to her, you know? Of course. This, this, is, this is like, this is hell. Yeah, this is, and look, you, you, you need to switch this track so you can get on to a happier and healthier future, for sure, for sure. Well, where you, where you go from here, um, start recording a dream, start writing things mm-hmm. in a journal. And when you have an impulse, right, the key thing to do, James, the key thing to do, when you have the impulse to go and help someone, don't. Oh, don't. Okay. And if, if, if your girlfriend is like falling down, right, and, and you feel like, oh, my God, I've got to go pick her up or I'm a really bad guy or something terrible is going to happen, what you do is you don't go and pick her up. What you say to her is, do you know how much anxiety I'm feeling? And it's not used to fix. I feel so much anxiety. I totally want to rush in and help you. But you don't act it out, right? Like if you're feeling angry at someone, you don't punch them. You say, I feel really angry at you. You talk about it, right? Sure, sure. And so when you feel this anxiety, when you feel this anxiety, then you say, I feel this anxiety. Hmm. And if she gets mad at you and you start to feel afraid, then you say, now I feel real fear. Mm -hmm. This is the real-time relationship. What's happening for you, you communicate in real time. You don't avoid it. You don't manage it. You don't try and control her. You don't try and control your own emotions through actions. You simply speak the truth about what's going on for you. Right. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That's going to be hard. 
Right. So in the car on the way home, or maybe after you get home, you say, my skin is on fire because I had just had this conversation with this nutty Canadian who says X, Y, Z, right? And, 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 and you just talk about it in real time. Give her a little time to prepare. Right? It's going to come out of the blue for her and so on. But yeah. whenever you feel that impulse to manage your feelings, whenever you feel that anxiety, don't reject it. Don't try and wallpaper over it or put icing t- on top of it. You just experience it and say – to yourself, if you're alone, wow, I really feel anxiety. What's going on? What's the thought that's provoking it? What's, mm-hmm. you, know, you don't just try and cover it up by acting out. Because mm-hmm. it's trying to help you. The anxiety is trying to help you. It's not your enemy. It's your friend. The anxiety right. is saying, this is bad for me. And if you cover it up, then it's like you got a toothache and you just take heroin. Well, your tooth doesn't get any better. In fact, it gets worse. Right, right. Uh, you, know, you, know, it's, you know, it's funny. Um Right now at this very moment, uh, yeah, I feel my, my skin's still on fire. And, uh, um, but what I'm also feeling is something like, I wouldn't say, it's like a profound sense of weakness, but not in the sense that I can't do anything but that I'm aware yeah. of yeah. just just what, it's like, it's like as if I've been ignoring the fact that my leg was atrophied right? You know, for years. And all and of a sudden, now it's why, like, why, why do I keep falling down, right? Yeah. You know, I, I tried to run a marathon, and I, I right. can't do it. No. All I'm going is in a very small circle, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's very much like uh, I, I'm, I'm aware so much of, of, the, of, the, of the profound weakness that it's just the potential is just not it, – it's the potential is going to take a lot of time to build up. For sure. Um, and it only will be built up, built up if I start using it. So, yeah, um, I mean, once you know that you've got a, a weakness, uh, then you start to to exercise it, right? You don't pretend it's strong. You start to do the physio, and it hurts, but it, you end up and you end up stronger than if you had never had that injury, right? Yeah. You will end up wiser, more powerful than if you had never gone through this. Now, this is how our, this is how the moral superheroes are born, right? Yeah, I just want to give a, a little bit of a, a shout out to. Uh, one of the people I've been talking to, um, he knows who he is, uh, sort of on the side. And I think we've been scratching the surface, um, so I just want to give him, you know, you know shout out, sort of a thanks uh, for for helping me on the side, you know. Well, that's um, great. I'm, I'm certainly. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that that people are talking to each other. I think it's a great, great community, and this is the most important conversation in the world. I really do believe that because yeah. I don't know anything else that's going on. Actually, it's, I think I think it's two guys, at least two guys. <laughs> You know? Oh, excellent! Even aside, aside from everybody else on the board, you know, it's at least two guys, two other guys have been, you know, been talking to me privately. So it's it's really good. Right. I want to give give them sort of a public thanks. Good. Um. So, uh, wow. Hey, uh, you know, I. <laughs> uh, the. I have the word somewhere in there. It's not coming out right now. <laughs> no, no problem. Listen, I'm going to um, compile this. Sure. And- um, I won't post it publicly. You're welcome to have a listen to it and uh-huh. let me know if there's anything that, that you feel uncomfortable with. Uh, and then we can uh, – if you can let me know later today, that would be great. Okay. All right. Well, um, I mean I, I don't know how many you – know, if we stayed away from enough details. <laughs> I, th- I think uh, so. I mean we, we don't even know where you are. Um, and uh, I mean we never mentioned that you're actually in the suborbital space station. So, oops. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Bummer. So close. But no, have a listen and let me know. Uh, I'm certainly happy to, to bleep stuff out if you like, but I don't. we haven't sure. mentioned anyone's name except yours, and there's no location info and all that. So, Right, exactly. Okay, well, listen, uh, keep, keep me, me posted about how this goes, and uh, yeah. let me know what, uh, what happens. All right. 
Uh, thank right. you very much uh, for the My conversation, pleasure, Steph. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, bye now.